Before we get to the podcast, I just wanted to let everyone know about Fight Game Media Network Plus. If you enjoy what you're about to listen to on the Fight Game Media Network, check out our Patreon at patreon.com front slash fight game media. We have three specific Patreon-only shows and will soon have monthly bonus content from the show you're listening to right now. And it's only five bucks a month. So if you want to support your favorite podcasts on the network, go to patreon.com front slash fight game media and you'll get more content than you can shake a stick at. Welcome, everyone, to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca, right here on the new Fight Game Media Network podcast feed. Of course, this show was on the Fight Game Media Network Patreon, but now it's going to come to you free, and I'm excited about bringing this to the masses and to talk about some good wrestling. Now, if you haven't heard this show before, I cover... um, Promotions not necessarily covered, but uh, you know, everyone sees the key covering WWE, AEW, of course, those are the big two in here in the US. But I'll, I'll touch on, well, I used to touch on Ring of Honor in the past, but of course, we know that's going away. But I will be covering Final Battle, their last pay per view. Um, I talk uh, a little WWE when it comes to like NXT UK, uh, you know, the brand I feel is, you know, puts on the best wrestling show of all the brands right now. And uh, I'll talk about some various indies I'll see, some matches I watch, some classic matches I watch as well. And every once in a while, I'll have a special um, topic. It will just be match reviews. Like like uh, last week, I talked about the WWE releases of the they just recently had and broke that down. And that was really well received by a lot of people. So thank you for listening to that. And on this episode, I'm going to keep it going with another special episode. I'm going to talk about NXT 2.0 and specifically talk about the new cast of characters that came with this new launch. Or, in my opinion, just a, a, a reset, a hard reset. And that has been the big issue for me. Um, if you listen to Gary Gonzalez and myself on the Fight Game Media Podcast on the Wrestling Observer Network... Uh, we cover uh, both NXT 2.0 and we cover AEW Dynamite. Of course, we cover it a little bit different. We don't go match by match, segment by segment, and give our thoughts. We give our likes and dislikes of the show. And, you know, I I really liked NXT before. I really enjoyed that show. Even Garrett really enjoyed that show as well. Um, it was a good wrestling show they've had some goofiness and some gaga but overall it was a really solid simply uh you know it was a solid show simply booked um a lot of great talent and really good matches so but you know once they once these releases started happening i'm talking about before this most recent group you know bronson reeds that was a real bummer for me because i really i thought they did a great job building his character building him up as this you know one of the faces of that nxt brand and then you know all of a sudden they cut him just out of the blue um and then you know the recent the recent releases again you know of course there's a lot of main roster people there's a few nxt people but you know it just it's just been a real bummer and and i really think that's you know they they had they they weren't happy about the old regime they weren't happy about the old show it's not getting it done so we're gonna do a whole reset and we're gonna bring in all these new characters younger younger wrestlers and to me that was just a bad move especially doing a hard reset now i was i'm totally cool with the whole you know color scheme i actually thought it was cool all the all the colors they did um the new logo i i enjoyed it it's different you know the, you know nxt logo needed it definitely needed a change and um and also i thought the you know the performance center or the cwc excuse me i thought that needed a change because it was really dark i didn't like the setup of cwc with of course you know they had a thunderdome stuff during the pandemic which is totally understandable they they did what they had to do but when they started letting fans in, in the building and, and they're behind that chain link fence, that black chain link fence, you can barely see the fans. I like the how it's open and how it, you can see the audience and 
it it adds to the matches and and you know I like you know because you know I, like, I enjoy watching people having a good time at a wrestling event and it and if it's a good match and they're jumping up and they're clapping it just adds to the atmosphere so um, I I enjoyed that change and I thought that was a great move but the hard reset of just totally dropping people releasing people and just throwing all these new cast of characters at us at once it's just been so counterproductive cuz you throw so much out there no one gets over right there's only been one or two guys getting over and one is a uh, slipping far far away from getting over after such a hard start um you know of course the guy that's getting over is Braun Breaker and I'm not going to talk about how I would book him here. I think they're doing a great job at how they're booking him here. The only thing, I, of course, I would do, and what everyone else says, is the name, right? Braun Breaker is just not a good name. Rex Steiner was perfect, but, you know, the dude is legal of WWE not only named Steiner. and But, it's come on. WWE had the money to easily pay whoever owns it, Rick or Scott. Um, I think both do. They could easily paid whatever the whatever the price was to get that you know, for, for Rex Steiner, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense, but whatever, but you know, he's so, such a talent, he's such a blue chipper, one of the best young rookies to come up in a very long time, a natural, right, and he, of course, he started football first, I think he got hurt, didn't, you know, didn't make the NFL roster, so he turned to pro wrestling, and he's been around the business for a while with his dad and his uncle, and, you know, and I heard when he was, you know, I heard good things about him and um, just to watch out for him. And sure enough, man, even more than I was expecting, you know, built like his dad talks, like, built like his dad talks like his uncle, has the charisma of his uncle and his dad, too. Like it all it's a just a mix of both of them. And he's been a lot of fun to watch. And I I, I enjoy this, what they're doing with him. And, and I my guess is he'll be <laughs> he's definitely been the Royal Rumble. He's going to be one of those surprise entrants and. Uh, we'll see if he sticks around NXT 2.0, but I would hope he wins the championship sometime in the in the near future. I don't know if it's going to be at the War Games show. It's going to be on December 10th, I believe. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what's his future. I think there's a fast track for him to go to the main roster. And, you know, talk about the main roster and NXT call-ups. When it comes to the whole quote-unquote war between AEW Dynamite and NXT... You know, NXT had a had a tough road on their own. Now, granted, think about this. They had this machine behind them, but but the machine failed NXT way before AEW came around, right? Fans who watched NXT in 2017, 18, you know, when they're really just on fire, all these guys, Undisputed Era, uh, the women, it just, you know, just it was such a hot brand, and when people got called up, certain people, some people got pushed right away. Kevin Owens, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, but a lot of people get called up, and they're not even on TV on the main roster. They're just just floundering. They have to re. re- repay their dues or earn their spot and it's and honestly a lot of fans lost faith in nxt it's like why why waste the time like i you know why what it's not you know the fans who love the revival and american alpha and they watch those great tag team matches between those two teams and they get called in the main roster You're like okay great these two teams are going to continue their success on the main roster, fresh, young, talented, and it's start and stop, right? And I think, you know, American Alpha didn't really get off the ground like as much. Like they they did some stuff, but nothing to really stand out. And they were a great freaking team. Uh, the Revival, great freaking team. I know they had a couple runs of the tag titles, but like it was nothing. You know what I mean? It wasn't focused on. It wasn't because they were a main event level team. If they really... You know, the, if W really got behind them, they would have been, you know, they would have probably been a team that draws because, you know, uh, you know, Dax Harwood, he can talk. Cash Wheeler's a, you know, just they're just a tremendous team, and it was wasted. AOP, I know uh, one of them got hurt, and that kind of stopped what they're doing. And but you know, a lot of people, I know a lot of the 
quote unquote uh, smarter fans are really like, oh, you know, they're you know, yeah, they're not revival. That's not their that's not their role. They're not trying to be revival. They were just two badasses, and I I, I dug that. I dug a big Smash Mouth tag team. They looked badass. They came out, and there's not there's, there's no there's no need that there's no they should have been just nothing for these guys. It should have been a quick get them over, smash them over, and be a badass tag team. Um, Insanity, a great group on NXT, a great trio, and um, and you had Nikki Cross with them, and she was just tremendous with that group and and then of course hit uh, sorry excuse me i'm gonna leave to that in a second but sandy gets called up and they hold off nikki cross and sandy goes up to the main roster and they do nothing with them nothing else like how can you do nothing with this group this group is so cool so interesting and you know taking nikki cross away yeah it did hurt them but that what's that was your call and the same thing now they called up Hit Row during the big draft. You know, Hit Row got called up. I thought they shouldn't have got called up this soon. They had a lot more to do on NXT UK. They still had a lot more to do to to perfect their act, though their act was really good. And all all three or four members had really good chemistry. So they call up Hit Row, all four of them, B-Fab, uh, Ashanti Adonis, uh, Top Dollar, and, of course, Swerve Scott. And as we all know, when this last round of not last i think there's more rounds of releases sadly this most recent round of releases came they cut bfab and i explained last week on the podcast on the patreon you know bfab she had that one match in nxt and it was really bad she was not ready for television at all not ready to have a match on television but as a valet slash manager whatever you want to label it, you know, she added to that group. She was the binder to that group. She added the flair, the sizzle, um, you know. Yeah, she, she she caught your eye. She's an attractive woman. She's a beautiful woman. But, you know, she did also didn't take away from the other guys. She just, just it, it, the group was perfect. And they all had, like I said, the chemistry. And you believe that they were a crew. You believe that these these four individuals hung out with each other. It's not like the inner circle in AEW, you know. Um, I just don't believe none of those guys hang out with each other. Maybe maybe Jericho and Hater, But I don't, I, you know, it just it, it doesn't seem like, uh, doesn't seem like a group that would, you know, hangs out together. So, but Hit Row did. You felt them. The crew, you felt what they were, what they were selling. And they take B-Fab away. And I did see the clip of Hit Row, you know, first appearance without B-Fab. And it's, it's with Sammy Zayn did some comedy Gaga stuff with them. And right away, I'm like, okay, Hit Row is destined for the mid-card, unfortunately. And as a group, they could have been eventually a main event talent. I wouldn't rush them there yet. But, you know, give them six to eight months, you know. And I just don't understand why you're cutting the legs off that group when, you know, you're trying to appeal to younger audience. And this is a group that could uh, appeal to that younger audience. So, so the, again, another example, a most recent example of, okay, fans of NXT just getting really uh, invested in Hit Row. And now that and being excited to move the main roster and you cut one of the most... I don't, you know, you cut the the glue to the team, and and so I hope they can overcome it because I like all three of those guys. I think Ashanti Adonis is just a, you know, he's a really good young talent. Top dollar, I, I like his personality, I like his size. Um, so I, you know, I'm root for the, I'm root for him, and I always like Sir Scott. Uh, you know, on the you know, Strange Strictly on the Indies, I I enjoyed his work there, especially in MLW when he was a heel. I thought he did a great job. Um, so, and I think he would do a great job in WWE if, if they get behind him. So, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, you know, I want to talk about this, you know, this latest cast of characters in NXT 2.0, and it's it's just so interesting to me. Like I said earlier, they're they're just they're just throwing so much at the fan base and honestly they're running off a lot not because of this talent but like doing a hard reset people are just throwing their arms the loyal followers of nxt i think are throwing their arms there and then 
the ratings are going down. They're getting back to what, you know, the previous regime was doing. Um, or, you know, I guess maybe the demo was up a little bit. But, I mean, they're all in that same range. So, this new talent versus the old talent is making no difference. And that's what I'm saying. It's not, It's it wasn't. It wasn't what the old regime is doing. It's not what this new regime is doing. It's the fact that years before, like I said, the war, quote, unquote, again, it was a fact that people already started losing faith in NXT because they knew once they got called up, their, their favorites, it was a, a 80% chance that it, you know, main roster was not going to do anything with them. I mean, how do you not do I mean, EC3 is not the the greatest but he's a personality he's perfect for main roster and how do you just not come afraid for that guy to do then sit and catering or you know a couple main event shows on the peacock network which you know no one's watching so i don't know it's very frustrating so okay let's dive into this group but i'm, I'm gonna cover a couple like i said i covered braun breaker earlier just kind of gave my thoughts and you know they're doing what they're doing great Another guy quickly I want to talk about is Tony D'Angelo. Now, they started off doing this correctly with him. And um, it was funny. Garrett was, like, against – he didn't like these vignettes that – and he didn't like the, uh, the over-the-top Italian character. You know, to me, as a football Italian, I wasn't offended by it. I thought it was, I thought it was hilarious. But to me, it reminded me of when Razor Ramon was coming into the WWF in 1992. And – yeah, right away, because I watched WCW before. I'm like, wait a second, that's a diamond stud, right? It took me a while. To, it took me a while to figure out he was Scott Hall, you know, and and, and when I when I first saw Scott Hall was 1989 in the NWA slash WCW. So I remember like, why is the diamond stud talking in this accent? And at first it, I just didn't like it, but then like they kept showing vignettes for weeks and weeks, and eventually, you know. I, I was starting to enjoy it, and then he debuted, and the WWE fans who maybe didn't see him as the Diamond Stud in WCW, seeing him as just Razor Ramon for the first time, like, he really got over with that fan base. Um, you know, he was a cool heel that fans are starting to get behind. He did a lot of cool moves and had a great look, and, you know, eventually he turned to Bayface, and he was one of the bigger stars of that, uh, you know, new generation era. And, of course, ended up being a, 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 a superstar in the and the Monday Night War era. So, um, you know, Tony D'Angelo was on that path, like, you know, because they're showing the vignettes, I think for like three to four weeks. And so once he debuted and he won his get over match, like it was the fans loved him. You know, they're into him. They, they, you know, they got his character as simple as it is, you know, the, the, the Italian guy from Jersey or, or wherever he's from New York. And, you know, He's an amateur wrestler, and he has some skills. He also does some dirty, you know, he, he, he collects debts for his family. You know, they just, I mean, it's total stuff out of, you know, 80s and 90s, you know, WWF. But it worked, and he made his debut. Um, his get-over match wasn't the kind of get-over match I would have booked him in because I thought he sold too much, and that's funny because the next week he had a the correct get over match was he just destroyed his opponent. Um, but anyways, he, fans were liking him, fans were digging him. And then for some damn reason, they start they put him now with Lash Legend and had a, had him appear on her her Ellen DeGeneres like talk show and just really took the steam out of the sky. And this poor guy within like what six weeks is now. Man, he has a lot to recover from this. This has been bad stuff. And last week, bad stuff. It's like, dude, just get him over. Have him win matches. Have him cut promos. People are digging him. Why you? Why do you need to do this with this guy? And that's the problem with, you know, you know this new regime, which is just, just the Raw and Slash SmackDown regime of now overseeing the NXT. And they're just... You know, what Triple H and his team did, which what I liked, was that NXT felt different than the main roster. And you need that variety, right? Like, that, that it's it's good. That, that was the idea. Raw and SmackDown were supposed to feel totally different, but they don't. Um, and then NXT was supposed to be totally different, and it was. And that's what I, I liked about it. Um, 
it was a very a lot of ways a very old school um old school format and and so i was digging that and this this old i love when i was a kid growing up when they introduced a new character no matter it was savannah jack or or razor ramon like you know, when you do these vignettes and you introduce these characters, you get invested and you want to see them wrestle. And that's what they should have done with all this talent that they were going to feature, this new brand talent. But the problem was with the hard reset, they did it all at once. And like I said, no one got over. If they would have done a slow transition, change change the colors, brighten the building, but still have the same roster and then maybe introduce a new character or two and then over a few more months you introduce some more new characters you know i just i don't understand why they just had to like it's gonna be new boom and and yeah it 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 popped the rating it, it got it, i think they did over seven hundred thousand, um almost eight hundred thousand. i think it was or close to it for that curiosity rating for the debut show that's all it was is curiosity people checked it out some people stayed to a little more, but now they're back to normal, back to where it was. And I honestly, I can see it dropping even further because this show, this NXT 2.0, unfortunately, is just a really bad show. And they have some good young talent, interesting talent, but they're just not being presented in a way that's going to get them over. Hey, combat sports fans, if you're a Facebook user, check out our Facebook group. There are daily discussions relating to pro wrestling, MMA, and boxing. And to be honest, we can use more MMA and boxing fans. We have two rules and two rules only. No hate speech and no trolling. Thus, as you can imagine, it's one of the better places to talk combat sports on the internet. The link is in the show notes. Um, the first guy on my list is Zion Quinn. Um, I, I thought they were doing a good job with him right off the bat. You know, have him win quick get over matches, uh, you know, with a hit in his finisher, like a Goldberg S type of debut that he, he didn't cut promos. He was just, you know, I think they had some, you know, video packages of him. And I know they did a thing where he kind of, op- you know, kind of opened the door for some hot chicks and told the dude that was being an asshole to back up, you know, okay. He's the cool, good looking guy. Right. But it, he, he didn't talk and cut a long promo. So he didn't, he, you know, he wasn't, exposed there um but you know okay keep it going keep it going like make him a man of mystery like goldberg was like it doesn't happen that wasn't that long ago when goldberg you know debuted in 1997 like just look at that what they did there and continue to do that thing and finally someone interviews him and and you know he's australian australians have that cool accent he seems like he's not the best promo, but I think he could have got away with, you know, with that promo and that look. I think if he, you know, I think if he kept it short, he would get over and intense. He would get over and <laughs> and they had him do karaoke with Robert Stone. Just one of the worst segments of wrestling I've ever seen in my life. And I've been watching it for a very long time. And I was embarrassed to watch this. I was just praying my wife didn't walk in the room when I was watching this. I was, I'm afraid my kids would have seen me. I know my daughter, Chloe, she's six years old, but I don't think she would be entertained by this. Um, it was just really bad. And they continue this deal now with Electra Lopez of Legada, Fanta. She, Legada de Fantasma. She is like you know, into him and wants him to join the group. Of course he doesn't. And they do this stupid dance thing, but then he gets jumped by Joaquin Phoenix and Rob Mendoza. Fuck man. It's just not good. Not good at all. Smash him over, make him a man of mystery. Then maybe have a guy like Robert Stone who wants to sign him and, and make him part of the, part of the uh his group and he's a total goofball and won't take no for an answer fine you know robert he smashes robert stone and then robert stone sends some heels after him he smashes those people give him a nice little early feud and then eventually keep him undefeated and eventually as braun breaker is undefeated and eventually the champion 
now you built this big match of these titans right these undefeated titans and that that should sell that should get over it's simple but simple works and it was always work in pro wrestling everyone's trying to reinvent the wheel but it's not it's you know you book two guys on their way up or you know two tactics on their way up two female wrestlers on their way up and they finally collide and you want people to see it because they want to see it what's going to happen if zion quinn wrestles braun breakers he's smashing people that guy's smashing people who's gonna who's gonna smash who i want to see it it's simple i just i don't understand it's i, I swear i swear that What's happening is that the main roster writers have get on NXT 2 point, get to do all the stuff that Vince has just given a thumbs down to, or, you know, they try it over there. If it gets over, we'll, we'll do it, you know? And now they're just coming up with this, this goofiness and it's been just, just hard to watch. And especially, you know, like I said, especially for me who enjoyed the previous product and there's nothing wrong with it. And what they could have used is, hey, some convincing from the main, like how's the, how, like I said, how the fans are going to get behind NXT when Keith Lee goes up and they do nothing with him. Even after he got over on the main roster Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, as I explained on last week's episode, it's just, just so hard for that crew of talent to get over, you know, and to, to cause like, and also, what we saw commercial advertisement on Raw, that was it. That's not gonna sell anyone. People fast forward commercials. Same thing with NXT UK. They get a commercial on NXT 2.0, but people are fast forwarding through commercials, right? And it's unfortunate because NXT UK has a really great roster and regular talent, and they're having great shows. And you know, it's only like a select few, a really select few, is watching it, and you know, more should watch it because it's great wrestling. Um, next on my list is Von Wagner, and Von Wagner is a guy that Vince was one of the guys that Vince really saw something in when I get apparently when he came around for the tour of the PC and and you know watching some of the talent that's been been there and hasn't hasn't debuted on television yet, and Von Wagner is one that stood out to him, and you can see why his size, a unique look with the. I'm not 100% sure if he has that giantism or had that giantism disease, but, you know, with the protruding forehead and the jaw, I don't know. It just looks like he did. So, um, but I think he has a great look, you know, I think he can add to it his gear a little bit, maybe his hair. Sometimes it's dark, sometimes it's blonde. It's like, dude, like pick a color and, you know, but I think, you know, he has some tools. His problem is zero charisma. And every time they give him opportunity to do a promo, it's just very rehearsed and very dry and no conviction in his voice. And it's like, yeah, Kyle, let's do it. And it's just, it's not working that way. Now, can he still get over with that lack of charisma? I say yes. Now, I'm going I'm to group these three individuals together. Von Wagner... Grayson Waller, and Trick Williams. Okay. Now, Trick Williams, we know, is with uh, Carmella Hayes and their heels. Um, and, of course, Grayson Waller's a baby face. Maybe. We don't know. Sometimes he's a baby face. Sometimes he comes off like you just want to slap him. So, I don't know what's going to do with him. Either way, it's not getting over at all. Um, but I saw Grayson Waller when he was – God, I forget his – first name but his last name was, was Matty Wahlberg or something like that right in Australia and he came out and had his entourage of goofballs kind of like No Way Jose did and and um it was it was polarizing a lot more than No Way Jose like No Way Jose was like a, after like twice you see the the conga line, you're, it's 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 over, right? Same with with the Adam Rose, same deal. And but but this Grayson Wall came out with that like attitude, and he just like he, he looked like an annoying YouTuber that you want to see his get his ass kicked, like a Logan Paul is now in boxing. People 
are paying money to see Logan Paul and Jake Paul, these YouTubers, get their ass kicked by these MA fighters, right? But they're not. They're winning these boxing matches because they're better boxers than these MA fighters that they're fighting. So, but that that's that's the hook is like people hate them. They made their money doing nothing, apparently. You know, YouTubers, you know, God bless them that they are making money. I don't have nothing against YouTubers, trust me. But I'm saying that they're making money. A lot of people have heat against. They want they want to see these 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 people fail, right? So I always thought that's how you should have pushed Grayson Waller as this social media guy who's, you know, this YouTuber who's just you know, all about the parties, all about the women, all about anybody. He's a wrestler and he gets the job done and he's just annoying. And like for his vignettes, it would be all about parties at his house, hot women in there, in the pool, etc. You know, talking trash. But I would have him flanked by Trick Williams and Von Wagner. And Trick Williams can do his same shtick that he does with... Carmelo Hayes, the fast-talking promo, the hype man. He's the hype man. He's hyping up Grayson Waller, you know. He's that – he's A, number one in the frat with Grayson Waller, right? Like, he's the one that t- talks up his man. I would never let Trick Williams in the ring because he's just not ready to wrestle. But as this hype man, he'd be perfect. And Von Wagner is the bodyguard. He's the muscle you know, he's the one that always, always bails out Grayson Waller out of every situation. He's maybe he's the one that always wins matches for Grayson Waller. Trick Williams distracts a referee or some other stooge distracts a referee. Von Wagner gets involved and gets and gets a big move and, and Grayson Waller wins. Right? And Grayson Waller will should never ever have any respect for Von Wagner, right? I mean, he shouldn't be, it shouldn't be right off the bat, but you could just tell that he is using this dude who is, you know, just a, a big lug, but like you eventually make him a lovable lug. And with his lack of charisma, his lack of promo skills, you give him one lines like an I am Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. I know this sounds crazy, but hear me out. Like Grayson Waller in promos, with Trick Williams, they're talking, and they always kind of feed something to Von Wagner, and he's just like, "Yep, yeah, cool," you know. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he's just net, he's giving one little, quick little responses, and it just get, becomes like a gag, but a funny gag. That's kind of funny. Even Grayson Walker always either like, you know, like he can ask him some some kind of like advice or some kind of like feedback, and 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 you know, Von Wagner's like, "Hmm, yeah." could work like there's something quick and Grayson Walker just take it like oh man the greatest advice in the world or something whatever you can have fun with it but the key is is make Grayson Waller so hated make Trick Williams so annoying as well that you know their heat feeds together but eventually you just want you know Von Wagner to eventually just break away from this guy because he's being taken advantage of and you know it's it's simple booking it's you know, with Grayson Waller, I would also add maybe a female talent to the group too as well who kind of like maybe sympathizes with Von Wagner, doesn't like that Grayson kind of uses him and abuses him or, or takes advantage of him. You could do so many cool stuff with this with this group, right? And the I think Grayson Waller has a lot of potential as a character. This is, I think... Very charismatic guy. Uh, granted, a ring, he has some flaws, but you, you you protect him with people he works are good, and you don't get rid of him like they did. Like, why are you getting rid of guys that can just have a good match with these these green kids and, and, and make them get them through a match and make them look good? You, you cut these veteran talent, and they're, they're very valuable. So, and if you really want to get this younger crew, like who's going to get them over? Like not another green person is not going to get them over because no one knows what to do and what they're doing. So you need leadership in the ring, not just the coaches. They have great coaches there, great system. But when it comes to in ring, like the coaches can only tell them so much is they have to do it. But when they have to have good dance partners too, people to lead them, you know, and, and all good workers had good people to learn from, right? In the ring. So, ugh. 
it's a very frustrating system now. It was a good system before, I thought, but now it's a, it's a, it's. I feel bad for these guys, right? I feel bad for the Vaughn Wagners, the Braun Breakers, Tony D'Angelo's, um, even a Trick Williams. Like you know, I I don't think he should be on TV. Yeah, he's a long way to go, but like if he had guys he can work with and learn from, he you know it it would help speed him along. So I don't know. It's it is going to be a tough road. But that's what I see for Grayson Waller, Von Wagner, Trick Williams. I think they should be as a group, like I said, with another female talent. I don't know. There's a lot of women there they could have put with. You know, I think it I think it would work. I think it would be a very entertaining group. I think Grayson Waller would be a, a really good heel that you want to see, see get his face just smacked off. And I know people are thinking like, why would you take Trick Williams from Carmelo Hayes? But Carmelo Hayes is miscast as a heel. I think he has the potential as a babyface. The crowd likes him, wants to cheer him as a babyface. But all of a sudden, he did this quick 180 heel turn on him. Fans said, okay, you're turning heel, but we're still going to like you. Um, and Carmelo Hayes, I think he has some good lines in his promo. But I just don't believe him when he's ta- when he's being a heel. I'll believe, I can believe him as a babyface, so. I would like to see, you know, I wish they, they, they can't go back, but that's what I would have done. Carmelo Hayes kept him as baby face because he was getting over with that audience and I was, you know, an up and coming baby face. So next on my list is Briggs and Jensen. Josh Briggs, of course, we saw him on television already. I thought he looked really good, you know, really understands how to sell like a big man. And I, th- you know, he's a, he's a good, he's a good talent and putting, uh, you know, Jensen with him, I, I thought it was a good idea. You know, Jensen's you know, he's like 20 years old or 21, son of Bull Buchanan, has his dad's size when it comes to the height. He's going to fill out, right? He, you know, he's just a baby. Um, he's going to get better. And they started off, I thought, really well with them. Um, as, as the, um, you know, the great vignette, I thought, of them in a bar, had an issue in the bar. They started fighting. And after the fight, they had respect for each other, had a beer together, and said, you know what? Let's be a tag team. And I thought that was great. And I thought it made sense how the, you know, because nowadays with the phones and, the, the, you know, the, the camera footage and the, the security footage, like, yeah, if they had a fight in a bar, there'd be multiple cameras and multiple shots and people would capture. And then what they did, they use, you know, the bar camera, the security footage, and he used people's cell phone footage. It was great. And then after that, they lost like in a week. <laughs> it's like, uh, this could have been a fun team. And if they would have pushed them, if they would have, you know, got them over, give them six weeks, beating jobbers, you know, simple. And they could have been just like, a younger version of APA. I know they don't have the, they wouldn't have the credibility of the, you know, of Bradshaw and, you know, Farouk at the time, Ron Simmons, they would have to earn it because they're new and fresh, but they could, they could definitely earn it. They could definitely get over if you do it right. And it's all simple booking guys. It's, it's really is. And I know you're thinking like, well, if me listen to the show for the first time and I'm sorry, I should probably should let off of my history. You know, I booked for all pro wrestling here in the Bay area and I had my own promotion premiere, and you know I had, I have I experience booking, booking talent, you know, and helping people. I know I hate talking about this, but you know he's brought it up, and he always gives me he always gives me my my, my due on it, like you know helping Jeff Cobb, you know, out in his early in his career, and you know I don't know I just don't like talking about it. But anyways, you know I've had experience working with top level talent. And featuring him, giving opportunities, and booking them correctly to have them get over, in my opinion. So, um, and so this is, you know, this is not just me armchair quarterbacking it, you know. I think these guys, this is how I feel. It's, to me, it's simple. When I booked, I always kept it simple. That's what I learned from studying pro wrestling, studying like, you know, the St. Louis territory with Sam Mushnick and, you know, Larry Matisic was a huge influence on me. The St. Louis territory is a huge influence on me. And, you know, this one book, I always call it my processing Bible, Wrestling at the Chase with Larry Matisic. It was just a 
just helped me out so much. When I eventually started booking, I was once I got the book, I had all these ideas. But when I started putting papers, like blank, and I blanked out, and I was nervous, and it made me a backup what I say, and you know, just read rereading that book, just keep it simple, stupid. That's what you do in booking. And like I said, people want to reinvent the wheel, and it's just, it's just so frustrating. So Jensen and Briggs, smash them over. Get them over. Squash matches. Promos. It's simple. It is simple. And especially when now that they're on Tuesdays, there's no competition to try to, you know, compete with AW to have some good matches. They're good match. You have now you can take a breath and now you can be like, okay, let's get people over. And you really play the long game with talent instead of just starting like, okay, we got to do this match. I'm lose. And now once they lose, you lose face. They're, they're so new. They shouldn't lose yet. Right. Razor Ramon, when he debuted in 1992, didn't lose for a very long time. I think his first loss and it was on television. I'm, I don't know about the house show circuit, but you know, what mattered to me was television. Cause that's what I watched. And what most fans watched his first loss was to the world champion, Bret Hart. Right. But he had a good match, and at the end of the day, he still got over enough to where it didn't hurt him, and fans really got behind him. What you know, that's what you do. That's how you do it. So, with all this talent, this is what you need to do: is just get them over. Duke Hudson, <laughs> he's another polarizing guy in our podcast because Garrett, like, just he wasn't a really fan of him, but I see Duke Hudson as a star. Look at that guy's size. Look at that guy's look. Look at his charisma, that swagger, that cocky, arrogant, that face you just want to slap. And he could be the modern-day Ravisher Rick Rude. A lot of guys try to be that, and they try with him, you know, be him. But this guy could do it because you believe he's a cocky asshole. You know, he just oozes that cockiness. The guy who walks in the building, the great posture, and, you know, you just want to, like, ah, oh, look at this guy. Just, just thinks he's the best. That, you look, and he's looking, literally looking down on everyone, right? Like, because he's so tall, but that's the guy, you know, he's like people that, he's the people that you judge right away. You think he's an asshole. It might not be, you know, but, you know, like one of those people that you see that come to be like, ah, oh, like I guys a right jerk. You know, find out he's a good guy. But this, in this case, he's not. He is really an asshole, right? That as a wrestling character, and now you just want to see him get his ass beat. But no, he's still cocky, he's still arrogant, but he's a poker player. What the fuck? If he's such a successful poker player, why is he doing pro wrestling? Why is he just competing in tournaments and winning tournaments, making money that way? Just like I've caught when I, I used to be a professional wrestling manager and we worked a show in Antioch, California for a company called Brawls, a short lived promotion. But at the time I was just getting experience as a manager. The guy I was managing, Vanessa Marco, he was getting experience. So we're just taking bookings. We're just, you know, we're just learning our craft and, you know, me, him and a couple other people from my, my home promotion, all for wrestling we're booked on that show. So, you know, we did our thing. I, you know, being full blood Italian, I did the Italian gimmick, or it wasn't a gimmick for me, but Vince DeMarco, who had some talent in him, but he was doing the Italian gimmicks, sort of like a, a Tony D'Angelo esque kind of deal. And, you know, we did the show, we did our match, it was fine, whatever. And the quote unquote Booker, this old vet, old veteran of the area, uh, was running this promotion or one of the co-owners of this promotion, the booker of the show, he comes up and he goes, and same as Joe Applebomber. He used to wrestle in XPW as Pogo the Clown, if you remember that. He calls us over. He's like, hey, guys. Gimmick's cool. I dig it. Italians, dig it. But what about this? What about stockbrokers? You're the stockbrokers. That's your gimmick. You're check. You, the manager. You, you're checking stock at ringside. You have your phone or computer out. Blah 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 blah. And <laughs> we're being respectful, right? I'm being respectful. Like, oh, cool, yeah. You know, this is something to think about. Thanks. You know, Venice, who's my buddy Venice. Love him. So gullible. He's like, yeah, yeah, sounds great. Of course, do we go back, sit down in the locker room? And I'm like, no, we're not gonna do that. And I'm only like, shit, not even a year. 
performing in the business at this time. And I'm like, nah, not going to work. Not going to do it. doesn't make sense. In my head, I'm thinking this. And I'm thinking Vince Venice, DeMarco, already knows this as well, right? But he's like, so what do you think? He called me Rock. What do you think, Rock? What do you think? That sounds great. We get a push here. And I'm like, push what? This is just another indie. Like, you know, like we're just doing a shot. Who knows when we brought back next week, you know, or next time. And it's cool. We, you know, we're just, it's, it's, and I'm like, plus, I'm like, Vince, listen, stockbrokers, if we're so good at doing stocks, why are we wrestling? <laughs> you know, why are we here? If I'm so concerned with the stock, why am I here? I need to look at the stock market. I need to be in front of my computer. I need to be somewhere else than a fucking wrestling ring and ending out fucking California checking stock. He goes, you know, you're right. <laughs> I'm like, yes. So stupid. No, we're not going to change our, our gimmick, you know, in the same area that we normally work anyways. We're already... Like, you know, 45 an hour away doing this gimmick. Like, why would we, we're not even, you know, we're trying to establish this. Why would we change for this promotion? Some indie that just started? Like, no, we were for all pro wrestling. It's been a reliable promotion for a long time. We're not changing our gimmick. And Vince is like, oh, you're right, Rock. You're right. You're right. You know? So, same thing here. <laughs> like, wh- why would this poker player, who's such a good poker player, wanna continue to be rest if he's wrestling if he's if he's such a good poker player right he should be busy in vegas winning tournaments or new york or atlantic city where the fuck they do these poker tournaments i don't play poker i don't know but like <laughs> it's so dumb and then they start doing these vignettes like okay we already know he's duke hudson and that he wasn't a poker player before so now you're trying to create this new character right and so he finally what he gets in a he gets in a altercation with Cameron Grimes, who of course he won the Bitcoin thing or the GameStop stock, and now he's rich, and so they have a poker match. And so on Duke Hudson's first poker game in WWE or NXT 2.0, he loses to Cameron Grimes, and I'm like, what the hell? So he's already he's already lost it, right? Okay, I understand repackaging people. I get it. It's been done before. It's going to be done in the future, especially in WWF or WWE where they've done this before. Like, for example, Repo Man, Barry Darso. I'll never forget this. Oh, let's let's check out Repo Man. They cut. The, they go to the vignette, right? And I'm looking at it and looking at this individual. I'm like, wait a second. That is just Smash from Demolition. And I'm like, what is this, right? Like, and I'm, this is what, this is 1992 as well, I believe. Or 90, was it 92 or 91? Yeah, 91. And I'm just, you know, what am I, like, still, like, just starting, like, junior high, right? And I'm like, not falling for this. I'm like, this is, why is he, now, why is he repo, man? What happened to Smash? But as silly as it was, and as everyone knew that he was Smash, they still did weeks of vignettes. They still did weeks of him having get over matches to where the point we're like, okay, I'm now I'm like, you're over it. This is Smash. Now he's a repo man. He has a cool theme song, but he's winning matches. And now he's and now when he wrestles someone of importance, he has credibility, right? So Duke Hudson, who has suffered a couple losses, gets repackaged, and right away his first deal with his gimmick he loses so he's done i mean and that's unfortunate because i believe this guy could be a future superstar may go somewhere else and become and and reach that potential maybe a a booker a smart booker will see that in him and 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 be able to showcase that um we'll see but and and i hope he still somehow finds his way through this because like i said i really like his work in the ring i like what i like what i like what you can his future and what you can really do with him if you really get behind him. So, um, so yeah, so all the best to two cuts in, but, and then you know, next week he's playing another game with Cameron Grimes, another poker game, which I, I bet he doesn't even, he's going to almost lose that. And he's just going to attack him, you know, and beat him up. And they're going to lead to a match the next week or at whatever takeovers coming up next war games. I don't know. They're in the war games. They're probably a singles match, but anyway, um, last on my list is uh, you know one of the female talent, Cora Jade. Um, 
I like the skater girl deal with their with them. I think you know appeals to the younger group. Um, has that. Every, you know, she gives off a vibe that like Paige had when she was started off in NXT. Like, you know, the, the, the you know, you, you couldn't get you, the guys watching, you know, Sasha Banks was unattainable, right? You're like, oh my God, you know, but a uh, page was like someone that, you know, the people could see themselves, you know, dating, you know, the, the gothic girl and you know, Cora J, the, the skater girl, right? That, that, that's someone that's, you know, attainable, I guess, right? So, you know, again, show the vignettes, her skating, you know, she's so young, she can appeal to the younger crowd, which they're, they're trying to get. And they know they did the deal where she got upset, went over Frankie Monet, you know, Ty Valkyrie, who they cut, which I still don't understand. I understand her limitations in the ring, but such a big personality. She was perfect for the main roster. Um, but, you know, Corey Jade, okay, she's the underdog. She's you know takes advantage of a heel slip on the banana peel and gets a win i can see that but you know she gets destroyed by dakota kai it wasn't a good match at all but you know so but but like okay core jade you know that's great she gets an upset win over frank renee and maybe next week she wins a match establishes a finisher again next week she wins a match you know make sure you book female talent as extras, as enhancement talent that are veteran enough to carry it on Cora Jade and put her over, and just, and don't put them the match for a freaking fifteen minutes and let her get lost, right? No, give her three minutes, give her four, you know, give her you know six with with the entrance and have her have a nice little get over match, right? Like I know people, I know like big controversy. I remember I was talking to what's that? Meltzer's house. We we're watching a pay per view, AEW, and it was a, uh, a Sheeta versus was it Nyla Rose or whoever it was, and uh, no, it was Britt Baker, and the match was just a bad match. Fell apart. It went way too long. As long as the longer long the longer it went, the worse it got. And because you know Britt Baker, Sheeta, just not that talented enough at this. You know they don't have the skill level enough to to a. Uh, 12-minute match, but you keep him six to eight, I think it'd be a lot better. And I was explaining that to the people watching Garrett, Meltzer, and, and you know, others in our, in our group that goes over there and watches, you know, big big events with, with Meltzer. And, you know, they're like, wow, yeah, you can't do that though. People be upset. You know, you can't you can't have them, you know, people online will be upset that doing short matches. I'm like, well, fuck them. I'm sorry to say, guys, like I rather, as a booker, I always book to the strengths of the talent that I had. Right? If I knew they couldn't go 12 minutes, I wouldn't put them in that position. Right? Even if I had a veteran that I know I could probably carry. It, it, okay, man, it all depends on the veteran. If I had like Oliver John versus a young talent, and I I wanted to get 15, like you know, I wanted something like that to happen. I probably wouldn't do this. It'd be <laughs> wouldn't happen. But I'm just saying I did. I will feel confident enough in Alder John to 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 get that over and can help that young kid get through that match because Ollie was such a good leader in there. Um, same with Thatcher. Same with my buddy JJ Perez. Uh, a bunch of others, right? But I most likely wouldn't do that. I would keep it still shorter, maybe a little longer than I would have if it was a him and another green guy. But like you know, or the green guy and another green guy. But still, like plays their strengths. And I I know these girls want to do this epic championship matches for the title, but dude, you know it's gonna fall apart. I don't know how Tony Khan does not see this. I know Britt Baker's over, she's over personality. I get that. But in one when it comes to the ring, she just doesn't deliver. It's always a sloppy mess. It's always falls apart. Um so keep it short. I rather have, like I said, I'd rather have them have a really good eight minute match and a really bad fifteen minute match. So Cora Jade, I would protect her with shorter matches and get her over the crowd by winning. Get there, get behind her. You fans won't get behind losers. Right? You they have to win. So lose debuting one week and losing in two weeks later is not gonna get it done. Right? So and I know it's the same theme with everyone on my list. Oh, yeah, you know, just have them win. Of course, that's going to work. Of course. That's my point. 
that's what it that's what it does that's what people that's how you get it done it, it's simple folks it is booking is tough i will you know it's not for everyone but it's also simple if you really study it and you really just learn from what people's mistakes of course learn from my own i've learned from my own mistakes at one time fuck I booked, I booked this guy to to get squashed by uh, this guy, big old guy Malachi, who was a pretty good talent that just, she's unfortunately just lost passion for wrestling. But, and I booked this one guy, and I figure, I just need him to get his ass kicked, right? And I and I didn't do my research. I just figure, dude, the guy can get his ass kicked, right? Brought him in. And it was one of the worst squash matches or get over matches I've ever seen. I was embarrassed. And it was so bad that even Roland Alexander, the owner of Opera Wrestling, came and said, where in the fuck did you find that guy? And I was so bad. And I just said from now on, I'm never going to just take things for granted, do my research, right? But also, like, Beyond just knowing your talent, like, you know, studying wrestling, studying wrestling history. You know, I, you know, I, I think what made myself a good booker was the fact that, you know, I didn't just watch current stuff. I watched the the past. I watched, I not only watched the good territories, like, you know, Mid-South, Mid-Atlantic, World Class when it was hot, Memphis when it was hot, but I also watched crappy territories, because I want to see what they were doing wrong. Why was that crappy territory? Why didn't it last? Why didn't this gimmick last? Why didn't this worker work out? You know, like I, I think that was a very valuable thing to do. And I just submerged myself in watching footage and and learning and reading and and uh, you know some of those shoot interviews. You know, Jim Cornette and you know a lot of those stuff really like just kind of put everything together. You get all this information, you kind of put it together for your style, what you want to do. And learn from those lessons that they shared, and and apply them to what you're you're booking. And like, to me, it all all that stuff, kind of footage, hearing uh, from past bookers, successful bookers, and all kind of for me, world just came into one book. And I was wrestling at the Chase with Larry Matisic, and it just centered me. Keep it simple. And so what I'm talking about here, yeah, it's all keep it simple because that's what you, that's that's what you do. Keep it simple. Introduce the characters with vignettes. You know, at the minimum, at the minimum for television, I would say three weeks. You know, four, even better. A whole month. Really build that anticipation up. And then six weeks of winning matches. Get over matches. You know, make people believe in these winners so as them as winners so when they start wrestling the next tier up the mid carters they go over them and they get over and they start building momentum and people start can't wait oh i can't wait to um you know tony d'angelo to wrestle tommaso ciampa when they gets to that level uh von wagner i can't wait till he gets to that level right when he because I know he's winning some match. Oh, he actually lost. He took the pitfall. Shit, I forgot to in. I believe it was Imperium. Like, okay, he's already losing. You know, I know it was like a controversial finish, but still, he's already had his shoulders down. He just fucking showed up, people. You know, I think actually he lost a four way match, which, uh, man, just it's what happens when the wrestling people have stopped getting control of the product, and that's what we're seeing now with NXT 2.0. And it's been frustrating. And I hope, you know, and right now that's a good way to end it. Just, I know Garrett was laughing last episode on the Fight Game podcast with uh, on the Observer website. He's like, every time we talk, every time you say something on you, end it with a sigh when it comes to NXT. And I'm like, because that's what the NXT 2.1 has been for me a whole big sigh. Like, oh, man, there's like, there's hopes of like potential. And I really like they're doing Braun Breaker. I think they're doing, but that's, that's one guy. And, there's so much there's so much they could do to really improve this product and really put on a put benefit everyone on the show. So thanks again for listening um, to our new Fight Game Media uh, 
network feed, our free feed. Um, please check out our Patreon. Please uh, join and subscribe and support. It's $5. A lot of great shows on there. Um, uh, Brace the Impact, which also have a, we'll have a, fee, a free show on this. Great Impact podcast. Garrett and I do a raw, retro raw review of right now we're, we're, we're getting towards the end of 1997. We're going to talk about the Montreal Screwjob coming up. Um, next year in uh, 2022, we're continuing with Raw 98. At the same time, the Bracer Impact guys, Mike Gilbert, JD Oliva, are going to be doing. Um, they're going to be doing uh, uh, Nitro 1998. So we're, you can compare those two as we're talking about the shows. Uh, there's MMA, boxing. Uh, you know, if you guys like Joshi wrestling, there's a great podcast with Scott on that. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff. So, please check it out. Five bucks. You know, not the biggest investment. And it, it, it goes to a good cause. A, you know, a good, a good team, I should say. I don't want to say a good cause. People are like, well, it's a charity. The charity is us. And it helps us support this group and support this podcast. So, uh, yeah, we, we, and, we, and for those who are subscribers to Patreon, thank you so much. Thank you for your continued support. And thank you for spreading the word. We, we greatly appreciate it. And I hope you guys enjoyed this, this show of Take It Home Podcast. And next week, I'm going to get back, probably back to my uh, my uh, normal routine of covering some shows. And, and you know, I, like this show, I probably should have talked about NXTK. Um, I'll quickly say, hey, go out, watch the last two episodes. Um, Ginny and Miyako Satomura was a, just a great uh, a great match, one of the best female matches of the year. Flash Morgan Webster versus Rampage Brown was really good. There was a great angle with Rampage Brown and Elia Dragunov, the NXT UK champion. Um, this week's episode, there's a, there's a wild four-way tag team match. Um, and also, there was a great junior heavyweight match, uh, modern-day junior heavyweight match between you know Mark Andrews and Nathan Frazier. So, great stuff. Um and you know, definitely support that show. That's like the only good wrestling show left on the network. I feel like these days, so we gotta support it, man. We don't want NXT UK go anywhere because that would make me a real sad, sad wrestling fan. So, again, thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you for your support. Take care. <laughs>